Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hi, I'm Mo Crumb. And I'm Harrison Crumb. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode, we talked to Boston qualifying marathoner and dietitian Brittany Giles about what to eat before, during, and after a race. Welcome to episode two, season two. It's a lot of twos. <laughs> We're back, everybody. Hello. It is the Marathon Training for Beginners podcast with the Crummy Marathoners. Yes. And today is a beautiful, special day. It is. Tell them why, sweetheart. Well, I'll give you a hint. It starts with the number eight. Okay, nobody knows what that <laughs> is. It's our eighth anniversary. Hooray! Can we can't even believe it. I mean, we feel too young to be married for eight years. Yeah. But it's amazing how quickly that's flown by. It's flown by super quick. We just got back from California. Um, Mo's parents were amazing and watched the kids for a few days while we got to just jet off and kind of take it easy, really. Anyone out there who's a parent knows that even just doing nothing without having kids is a huge vacation. Which is legitimately what we did. We ate, slept, and ran. We did, but everybody knows from our last episode, we've been trying to be a little more health conscious. So I feel mm-hmm. like aside from the probably four donuts we each ate and <laughs> some of the big dinners that we had, oh, we didn't yeah. eat too bad. I mean, but um, we had an excellent run on the beach. We did. It was so beautiful and it was a big milestone. Hey, speaking of. Big number eight. Yeah, I just got miles. that right now. That's pretty cool. The universe has a way of just everything works out. Yeah. Yeah. We ran eight miles. Eight miles. It was miles. part of the plan for this week. If you're following along the 25 week zero to half marathon plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's what it called for this week. So we ran it together on the beach. The only problem was we didn't run it until like two in the afternoon. Oh yeah. California weather was beautiful. I mean, the weather itself was amazing, but the sun was brutal. brutal. Yeah. 
So, um, but for Mo, I mean, she was super strong throughout. We didn't stop. I mean, she went the whole way. So I'm super proud of you, Mo. Thank you're really you. getting there. I mean, think about it. So two more miles, you're at 10. And then three more from there, you're at a half marathon. Which is so crazy to think about, but it's really exciting. It's happening. So we're, we're just, uh, you know, we're just back from our trip and trying to clean things up, get ready for the week. Mm-hmm. Kind of a short week for us now. Um, we want to tell you about our favorite new snack. Oh, yes. All right. So here's the backstory. There's a woman. And her name was Jojo. That was her nickname. And she got breast cancer. And so with that, the doctor said, hey, you shouldn't be eating sugar anymore because sugar is not good for cancer. And I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. So she invented this amazing concoction of like dark chocolate, but with protein, with like mm-hmm. pistachios and peanuts and different things. And so anyways, long story short, um, it's the most amazing chocolate. And I know a lot of runners out there are looking for kind of that that healthy, delicious, sweet treat that's not going to you know completely trash their diet. Right. And for us, it's been JoJo's. Absolutely. We think we heard about them right before their debut into Costco. Yeah. And for their original chocolate, which was the pistachio, almonds, and cranberries, uh-huh. we straight away went and gobbled up as many bags as we could, but then they came out with these amazing flavors. I know. So now you can choose between like peanut butter flavor. Oh, it's so good. Raspberry. So anyways, long so story good. short, do yourself a favor. Go to, do they have a website? I think, I have a website. think so. We're looking at the bag right now. We're like, well, try not to eat them all. I know. Oh, Jojo'schocolate.com. Just to tell you how amazing it is though. Guilt-free chocolate. One bar has less than one gram of sugar. This is for the raspberry dream. Four grams net carbs, only 140 calories. Yeah. It's incredible. Everyone knows that we're trying to kind of cut fat right now. We're trying Mm -hmm. to really get into tip top shape for marathon training season, um, which for me starts in a few weeks, which for Mo is kind of, she's already in the thick of it, but this has been kind of a heaven sent for us to, to really be able to enjoy something sweet, but without it being full of sugar. Right. And it curbs the craving. For sure. So there you have it. JoJo's favorite new snack. Go check them out. Yes. And um, speaking of food, speaking of snacks, this week we had the amazing opportunity to talk to uh, a dietitian. Her name is Brittany Giles. She's and awesome. we just had so much fun talking to her. We both learned a ton. Oh, yeah. Absolutely amazing. And she's so cool. I feel like we have a great new friend as well. Yeah, she lives local. I mean, usually when we do interviews, it's like, we're zooming someone in because they live across the country, but she lives right in our hometown. And so we had the amazing opportunity to bring her over to our house. And we talked all things diet and nutrition and fuel and what you should eat before you run, uh, during, you know, after all the good stuff. So we're really excited to play that interview for you right now. So without further ado, Brittany Giles. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market all right mo 
We're here with Brittany Giles. This is so exciting. Our first live guest. Woohoo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Brittany is, I'm going to butcher your title, a dietitian, and there's all these fancy letters after your name. Can you explain how that works? <laughs> yes. So it's RDN, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Okay. Um, and so basically, I mean, you may hear people being called nutritionist or dietitian. Usually I just go by dietitian because it's quick, registered dietitian. Mm -hmm. um, you may hear people be, being just called nutritionist. Um, that's different than registered dietitian versus nutritionist, but yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay, good. And we were excited to bring you on because you're from my hometown. Well, I guess not from there. You're from Utah, right? Right. And what part of Utah are you from? So it's called Willard, Utah. It's a very, very small town that most small people town. have not heard of. Never you heard, heard of, it, of it. No, I was just be like, Willard? Yeah. I've never heard of that. And Mo's really good with geography. Like when we're driving, <laughs> she knows all the directions, she knows all the towns. And I'm like, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know how to get to Santan Mall from, I know how it to get there, but I don't know how to true. get home from he there. Does, and Santan Mall, for anyone who's listening, it's literally 10 minutes away. <laughs> and he has no idea how to get there or back. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so Will, Willard or yeah, Miller? Yeah, near Brigham City, like okay. 45 minutes right north okay. of Salt Lake. Oh, and then, nice. Okay. So, so you moved here to Arizona and you, we went to the same high school, Mountain View. Right. And then what did your life look like after that? Did you go to college? Did you go to straight to, like, where do you take classes to become a dietitian? Yeah. So I actually did not know that I wanted to be a dietitian at the beginning. So I thought I wanted to do, I mean, I always was obsessed with like health and, and stuff like that. So I thought I wanted to do, or I claimed my major as exercise physiology. I went mm -hmm. up north to Idaho for two years and then um, decided or got an associate's degree decided to switch to nutrition. The school I was at did not have nutrition as a major. So I came, I came back here to Arizona state university. Yeah. Go devils. Yeah. yeah. All three of us. Cool. We didn't, we didn't know yes. that. Yeah. <laughs> so you did all your final classes there and right. Yeah. So it's, so it is a four year degree. Yeah. And so, yeah, I got my last two years um, at Arizona state. I did take a couple classes at the community college mm -hmm. just cause it's cheaper and yeah. smart. <laughs> yeah. Smart so money. so yeah. you um, have been practicing for a little while now and, and the practice that you work at, you don't have to say if it's like private. No, I can. Oh, okay. So where do you work now? <laughs> yeah. So it's called Anderson's nutrition. It's act we actually have one office right by Santan village. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. But you don't know where it's at, but <laughs> oh, that's um, but yeah, so we have an office there. Um, it's a private practice. I basically, most often I'm seeing clients one-on-one -on -one oh, cool. for various different reasons, whether it's weight loss, um, diabetes, wow. blood pressure. Do you work with any athletes? I do. Yeah. So I've worked with baseball players, golfers, nice. runners. Um, yeah, those are the main ones that I work yeah. with. But yeah, well, obviously awesome. we're here to talk about running, but you're a runner yourself. Correct. And you're a really good runner. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I want to brag. Well, I, yes. Anyone who qualifies for Boston is a really good runner. Yes. Did everyone <laughs> hear that? She qualified for Boston. So we haven't met many people in person who no, have. So we we're have really not, excited. Have not. Um, we're both very, well, Mo's, she does a great job. I'm pretty slow myself. So she's no i'm taller than you so true. naturally i just move i do faster. not do a good job i literally it's amazing if i just like finished i'm like oh i did it well, i'm like oh that's my time okay well we're new in this in this journey um but we invited 
Brittany, Britt, I almost said Britt. I either guess one. you go by either one. Um, on because uh, not only is she a dietitian and she knows a lot about, you know, fueling our bodies, but she knows how to relate it directly to marathoning. Mm -hmm. And you've run half marathons and fulls, right? Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you, you've got everybody covered who listens to this podcast. And so can you give us just a quick rundown of the races that you've done? Some of the, I've already kind of blew the big surprise, but maybe <laughs> kind of share your success? Yeah. So I'm kind of, I consider myself kind of an ambitious person. Sometimes I do things that I probably shouldn't do. So my first race, I mean, I had run 5Ks and 10Ks before, mm -hmm. but my initial like first big race was the marathon. I skipped the half because I was like, oh, I can oh, just do the full thing. You jumped into a full? I did. Wow. But not recommended. Oh, oh, okay. Wait, I want to hear about this experience. <laughs> so the so the, my first marathon was probably not the best. I do attribute a lot of that to nutrition. Mm -hmm. Under fueling was my main thing, just not fueling enough, okay. probably not fueling right. Um, and then during that marathon, I actually like strained a ligament. So Oof. during half the marathon, I was just in misery. Oh. And after that race, I said, I'm never running a marathon <laughs> ever again. Did you bonk like around 20 miles or so? So I bonked at like mile one and <laughs> somehow made it to the end. But yeah, wow. the worst, the worst was mile 18 and on yeah. those last were, yeah. yeah, I thought I was going to die. But oh. I, I can relate to the die, wanting to die part, but what's amazing <laughs> is that you even beat my marathon time having all of that happen to you. Wait. Well, <laughs> her first marathon was, what was it? It was 4.59 or 58. Three, I don't you said 3. Or 3, sorry, 3.58 3. or 3.59. I don't remember yeah. the exact. <laughs> so you're over here just making us all look bad. I literally, I literally fell back because I, I, that's. It's really good. Well, you're I think, superhuman. I think you're really hard. Like for your first, that's. I mean, for anybody, that's amazing. But for your first, that's especially amazing. And I think a lot of people listening, they would just be happy to finish a marathon. Yes, so. that is me. I would just be happy to finish a marathon. That's a lot. Oh, can yeah. I ask? So wait, did you say what year that was? So that was 2018, Okay, actually. So okay. just two, about two, years, two wow. and a half years ago. Okay, so you finish the race and you're like, never again. Correct. Then what happened? Right. Never again. And then as time goes, I think a lot of runners can relate to this. It's kind of addicting and you're just like, well, I need to do better. I need to have like another experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then the next year, it was actually, this is the Mesa marathon. Um, the next year I was like, okay, I'll do the half. So I trained a lot better for that. Um, had a really good experience there. And then I ran a couple of halves throughout that year, 2019. And then 2020 was when I did the, the Boston qualifying, which I was really excited about. <laughs> wow. So, to, so for a, a young female like yourself, you're, 24. Four. What's the um, qualifying cutoff? Yeah. So it's 330. Okay. I got 328, 30 or something. Wow. I'm, wow. I'm bad. I don't know my exact times, yeah. but I was like pretty close to the cutoff. So, I mean, they do cut people off. So, I mean, I could technically not right. qualify, but I got a qualifying time. That's amazing. <laughs> so did, were you deliberate about qualifying for Boston or did it just kind of happen and you're like, oh, that was cool. So I always like to set my set like three goals, like yeah. My big goal is qualify for Boston. If that doesn't happen, at least like 335. Like yeah. I'll set myself little yeah. little um, benchmarks and that kind of yeah. helped as well. I mean, for anyone out there too, like just setting benchmarks with each five miles or each three miles gotcha. where you want to be. And that kind of helped me to get there. Were you pushing like at the end? Oh, like calculating in your mind. Oh, I got to keep up this pace if I want to yeah. make it. Yeah. So I was actually ahead of, 
I get out too fast. I get out too excited. And so by the end I kind of had slowed down, but I, I was so far ahead at the beginning of my plan that it kind of worked out yourself some time. Wow. It's like the news. New Zealanders. Have well, you seen? We can't, we can't blow it because we don't want to spoil it. If there's anyone who hasn't seen it yet, oh. But maybe we can talk about it. But just don't say the just don't say the outcome. Okay, but I need to tell Brittany. So she, have you seen Eco Challenge? You don't have to whisper. Oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you said don't spoil it. Well, just don't say what happens at the end. Well, I've okay. not seen it. <laughs> that just reminds me of this team on a show. Amazon Prime. You have Amazon Prime. I do. So there's a show called World's Toughest Race. Okay. You should really watch Eco it. Go challenge Fiji. They basically mountain climb, kayak, run, Fine. bike, all the Swim. things you can think of. It's like a 500 kilometer race and it oh, takes, wow. you know, a week or two. So yeah, it's pretty cool. That just reminded me of what the New Zealanders did. Yeah. Anyway. They're also superhumans, Brittany. So. <laughs> and we have quite a few listeners in New Zealand. So yes. you guys are out there. Um, we, we just think you're all amazing. I honestly can't understand how they're so like fit and talented and just make oh, everybody I look I can't bad. understand how they're, this is totally beside the point <laughs> and off topic, but you should watch it because they're just so calm. Like he just ran this huge thing and biked and he's just like, yeah, nice to see you. I got to go oh. do some more. And I'm like, yeah, oh. hasn't slept for 10 days, but anyways, all right, okay, back, back to back the story. To all to right. Running. So you have been practicing for a while now and you're a dietitian. Okay. And most importantly, you understand what runners should eat, should not eat, um, before, during, and after a marathon, mm-hmm. during the training. Um, so we want to dive into all of that. What would you say is the most important thing for a runner to remember when training for a marathon as far as nutrition goes? Like what's the mm. number one most important thing? Make sure you're not under fueling okay. and make sure you're recovering well with food and not being afraid of like eating too much because most runners – I mean, you're going to need a lot of fuel, especially if you're running upwards, like as you continue down, especially towards, and you're getting a lot of mileage, you're going to need a lot of fuel. Um, The the average person, of course, we all vary like women, men, age, height on our energy needs. Um, But like the average person, if you were just to lay down on the floor and do nothing all day long, you'd burn like 1500 calories, depending on the person. And so that kind of gives perspective of like, wow, like adding on to that running, right? your daily life for you guys, like taking care of your kids and all of that, like yeah. there's just a lot more than we really may realize. And, yeah. so, and then also being like aware of those underfueling signs. But at the same time, probably, we probably, people like me, for example, I love junk food eat a lot more than we think, than we realize we're eating too. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's that balance. Right. Yeah. So balance. Yes, very important. Feeling right, feeling well. (laughs) I mean, because I could put down 2,000 calories in a meal and like not even blink, you know. I did that on Saturday. Yeah, Mexican (laughs) food on Saturday night. But anyway, so I want to kind of use Mo and I as a case study right now because um, we're trying to lose weight right now. Mm -hmm. And and maybe you'll tell us that's a bad idea. So (laughs) this is perfect that you're here. So um, we both kind of stepped on the scale and realized, all right, like for me, I, I... I'm like 180. Now I'm 187 because I've lost a few pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm six foot. I feel like I could get down to like 175, 180, and be still at a healthy weight. Mm-hmm. Is there like a guideline that you're supposed to follow? Like how how would I know exactly what weight I should go into starting marathon training season? Yeah. So that is a very individual question. Okay. So we're taking mm-hmm. it by base. So whoever's listening, it may be different for them. Okay. So I always like to say, look at your 
family history? Like look at your, your parents, your grandparents, maybe your siblings. Like, are you, do you feel like you're about like seeing if you feel like that weight that you're at or that weight that you're shooting for seems realistic. Okay. And then also looking at when was the last time you weighed that? Was it when you were in high school? Because that may not be very realistic. Okay. Maybe, may not be. It's really individual and kind of looking at, is it realistic? Is it good? And then also, again, looking for, um, I mean, so yeah, for you, like when was the last time you were at that weight? I, see, I don't know. Cause I want to <laughs> say high school, I was probably like 165, 170-ish, yeah. somewhere around there. So okay. it's probably realistic if yeah. I'm like maybe 10 pounds heavier than that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So, and then for Mo, I think. Well, I, I should clarify because with me, I had a weight loss goal, but now it's not even about me hitting that specific weight loss. I'm just trying to eat as healthy as possible mm-hmm. and trying to lean up. But my question to you is, should I be doing that though? Because I'm mid training plan. Mm-hmm. And I did notice the other day talking about under fueling. I did really great. I was like counting calories or macros or whatnot. And I was like, Oh, I'm just doing great. So I went to bed and I woke up and I went on a run and I think it was just three miles. And I was just like, it hit me. Oh yeah. I was exhausted. I was Mm -hmm. tired. I was dehydrated. And I was like, what I'm like eating really healthy. I'm eating vegetables. I'm, you know, hardly like healthy carbs, but Mm -hmm. I just felt like I was going to pass out. So anyway, do you think that that's a good idea? Like, should I be I'm not trying to lose weight, but I am trying to lean up by not eating as much. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. And I think with depending on where you're at with your training, like if you are in the middle of your training, I definitely wouldn't recommend trying to achieve a specific body composition or weight goal. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if you're not really in the the depth of your training, it's, it's fine to have that as a goal. Um, but your body has, I mean, you have these phases of like, anabolism which is like building up mm-hmm. and like catabolism or like breaking down so basically if you're trying to lose lose weight or lose body fat it, your body can't really like lose while also gaining mm-hmm. at the same time so focusing on one goal like what is your goal at this moment in time mm-hmm. if it's weight loss okay focusing on that weight loss and i think a lot of those things that you're doing like doing like more of the whole grains and the fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and lean meats that that's that's good for everyone and that's awesome to do but just being aware of those signs that you're mentioning so right. like if you're feeling like you're low energy maybe irritable maybe craving oh. craving oh. sugar for women maybe losing their periods things like yeah. that where that's telling you that your body is not getting what it needs so really my big well, I guess maybe this kind of goes back again to what a big recommendation is listening to your body and being aware of your needs Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes practice. Like it's not super easy, but thinking about like a baby, mm-hmm. they cry when they're hungry. They know when they're hungry, like it's just, they stop when they're done eating. And for some reason as adults, we just kind of push past that. We'll eat past our fullness. We'll mm. starve ourselves for a while. But mm-hmm. I don't know why then overeat. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So finding that balance. Did that answer yeah. your question? Oh no, totally. it totally did. And it actually reminded me, so on Saturday, I did seven miles, which is Ooh. nothing compared to both of you. Okay. No. But I was telling him I was so proud of myself because I felt so good. Like when I was nearing seven miles, I was, I was committed to even go further because I just wasn't tired. I wasn't mm-hmm. dehydrated. And I thought, because he asked me, he's like, well, what's the difference? Because the other day you were like dying. <laughs> you were like, I'm so tired. It's because the night before, 
I ate what I wanted to eat. Mm-hmm. That was relatively healthy, you know? Yeah. yeah. You weren't eating a cheeseburger. Like you were eating a good quality meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I drank a lot of water okay. and that totally changed mm-hmm. my run completely. My experience. Oh, just yeah. so brilliant. Brittany. It's, awesome. like, it's just all making sense to me now. <laughs> oh, yes. I, was, I was just going to say that. Um, so like in, in my case, I haven't started my training plan for the Mason Marathon because it's still a, a, a ways out. So my mm-hmm. goal has been to lose a little bit of fat. Okay. And for me, it's been focus on my body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. Is there a good way to calculate that? Calculate the percentage? Body fat percentage, yeah. So they have, I mean, the cheapest, generally accurate way, they have like $30 scales on Amazon. So we have hey, one of those. Are those, yeah. are those pretty accurate? So I mean, for your like... If you want something that's accurate, it's going to be thousands of dollars. Right. So for something that's affordable, <laughs> I feel like that's accurate, but not looking at it day to day because there's yeah. going to be a lot of fluctuation with water weight and yeah. whatever food you have in your stomach. So looking at it like over maybe every week or every two weeks, yeah. even more to see that progress. But yeah, I think body fat is a good thing to look at Okay, because um, you're going to maybe gain muscle and that's going to be hard to know with weight. With it's weight, just exactly. a number. Right? So, so for a... a- for a man six foot tall, uh, what's a good like body fat percentage, or is it just does it vary? Yeah, so it does vary. I don't remember the exact numbers. Yeah. Um, we don't want it to be too low, low. Like I wouldn't go anywhere under like ten percent. Okay. Um, that's. I mean, your body still uses fat when you're running, especially at those long distances. Right. And so okay. you still want some of that body fat um, versus like some other sports that don't really use use fat as fuel. So okay. I mean. I don't remember the exact number. Yeah, but that sounds about right. I, but, I know a guy who's like 6% body fat, and it's just like borderline. But he's jacked. He's like a bodybuilder. Yeah, so. He's like record <laughs> breath. <laughs> yeah. um, and then for Mo, I mean, obviously for women, it's a lot higher, right? Yeah. Right. Body yeah. fat percentage. What's the so, average or healthy? So I think that one's somewhere around like 20 to 30. So men, it's like 12 oh. to 20. I don't, like nobody can quote me on this because I don't yeah, remember. You, but no, you probably right, need right, the right, numbers all... all in front of you. But yeah, yeah, but yours is like probably around, ours is like around 20 to 30 for, for <laughs> a runner. So yeah. Oh, wow. so I was. <laughs> so you're in good shape, Mo. You're crushing it. <laughs> so that scale said I was like 17%. Not true. Because I have a handheld thing and I was like. Nope, that's not 17. There's a two in front of that. Oh, uh, what does the handheld one say? 21. 21. And, yeah. Okay, and the scale says 17. So mm-hmm. I guess it's. But they all, yeah, it's not 100%. Right, yeah. right. Okay. It's all, as I've, as I've gotten older, the term like, you know, losing weight, obviously you need to lose weight because you want to be a little bit. Yeah, my goal is to lose isn't just to look awesome, it's more to. So I can run faster because I want to be lighter. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, carrying around a backpack with an extra 20 pounds, like that's probably going to slow you down. Right. right? (laughs) Yeah. And for me, it's really changed. I'm just trying to like have a healthier living, Mm -hmm. have a healthier lifestyle. But now that running's in the picture, I need to also, like you said, fuel properly. Right. I guess my question too is, do you encourage, you know, some people do like the 80-20 rule where like. 80% 80% you eat like healthy and 20% mm-hmm. you eat whatever you want. Do you mm-hmm. encourage that for someone who's training for a marathon? Yes, I do. Oh. So there's also another dietitian. She's mm-hmm. like, what's the word veteran and all of this. Like she, Nancy Clark, I don't know if you've heard of her, but um, she says 85, 15. Okay. Um, okay. So I mean, pretty much the same, same yeah. thing there. Um, Cause I believe in just overall relationship with food, having a good, like food is part such a big part of our lives that like if we're going to restrict everything, eventually we're going to want it 
And right. actually we're going to mm-hmm. binge on it or just like it's obsessive and it can yeah. really just mess with people's minds if we're always like just wanting that certain food, but not allowing it. So I think that right. 15% or 20% allows for that flexibility, um, especially for runners, that 15% or 20%, whether that's donuts or pizza or whatever, yes. the best time, <laughs> the best time if you do want to eat those, if oh, you really yes. want to optimize your performance would be after a run or after a long oh nice mostly like after a long run you mean like like what's the window of time yeah what yeah so as soon as possible would be the best but within at least two hours so okay after a run we always want to fuel as soon as possible you've got um glycogen for whoever doesn't know who that is what that is um like your stored carbohydrates that you have in your body and so Mm -hmm. those are depleted after your run those are also depleted after a night of sleep and so wanting to replenish those as soon as possible and also giving all of your body's cells energy to do what they need to do. I want to talk about glycogen. Um, You talked about how after you sleep, you kind of burn it. And so we'll, we'll talk into fueling pre-race, but right now, since we're talking about eating junk food, cause that's like my (laughs) hotspot tonight, I love donuts and all of those things. So you're saying if you're going to binge, if you're going to have cupcakes or donuts or pizza or whatever you want to have, the best time to have it, if there were such a thing, would be shortly after a race. Or right. not even a race, but like a long run. Yeah. And the only okay. thing I'd correct you on that is not binge, but <laughs> eat it, uh, slowly <laughs> enjoy it. Okay. Yes. Enjoy every bite. <laughs> enjoy every bite. And that can help you to really limit what you're eating anyways. Yeah. Like with the weight loss, like eating mm-hmm. after a run or after workout, your body is just going to use it. It's not going to store something if it's in need of energy. So it'll use it up. Well, let me just ask you this because this is a huge downfall for me, but I love eating late at night. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like this um, is a great, this is one of my questions in sync. I know here you ask it. I feel like I'm talking too much. No, no, no. You. (laughs) Okay. So, so like, um, it's Sunday night and you went to your grandma's or your whatever, and they made, a batch of cookies. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, I don't want to wait till the morning after I do a run. Like, yeah. you know, how do <laughs> you get through that situation? Yeah. So, um, for that, I mean, a lot of times when we have that situation, we're at a grandma, our grandma's house. Like, we want to enjoy it. We don't mm-hmm. want to say no, grandma. I don't want your cookies. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> can't offend <laughs> your grandma. Yeah. Right. Um, again, eating slow and just like. I feel like that really kind of just limits the amount because it's okay to eat the cookie. Yeah. Yeah. Or the cookies, um, but just eating them slow. Gotcha. And putting it down between each bite can just help. But that's, yeah. That's oh, smart. Awesome. I, I just have a quick question. So I was reading somewhere people recommend not eating past a certain time to allow your body to fully rejuvenate and rest. But is that an actual thing? Or is that just something I read on Google? <laughs> that is something you read on Google. Oh, and really? A lot of people yeah. really do. I mean, okay. So the reason why, though, that they say that, which uh-huh. the truth is with that, is when you're eating late at night, like, you're not going for, like, carrots and hummus. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, you're usually going for cookies or ice cream yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or yes, junk yes. foods. And so that's why a lot of times they say, like, not to eat late at night. What I find for a lot of clients is... And, and for people is to eat a bigger breakfast, kind of looking at it like a triangle. So big, bigger breakfast, mm-hmm. kind of smaller lunch and smaller dinner, kind of basing it off of how hungry you are as well. But eating yeah. a bigger, more protein based, not protein based, but like protein, carb, fat, yeah. getting all yeah. of your yeah. nutrients at each meal um, can help to limit those cravings or limit that hunger at night. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
And that can be a big thing eating throughout the day as well. Yeah. So late night snacking, that is a myth of, you know, <laughs> the detriment of it. So like your cereal. So like, it's what you're eating. It's, it's what not you're, okay. why you're, or it's not the fact that you're eating. It's okay. usually so what you're So there's not a okay. time period that your body needs to like optimize, to digest and to burn fat or, um, or is there? The Cause I, like, I know there's a lot of people who they look at that, like intermittent fasting. I'm sure you've oh, yeah. dealt with that or clients probably yeah. asking you about that. What's that all about? Intermittent fasting. Yeah. So there's different windows. Um, a lot of people I feel like will do the eight hour where they'll eat for in it within the yeah. window of eight hours. Maybe they'll go from like one or 12 PM to like 8 PM or mm-hmm. 11 to seven or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find, I mean, the reason why a lot of people do that is for maybe weight loss or blood sugar control, but I find that a lot of times people within that time, I mean, maybe they'll eat less and that's, that's helpful for that weight loss. It's not the fact that their body is, is burning. Cause if you're going that long without food, like your body, your body's not just burning fat. It's going to be breaking down muscle and like oh. nobody's going to want that. Like you're, you can't yeah. just tell your body which part of your, which, which thing to burn. Oh, yeah. Okay. That and would so, be awesome. If <laughs> someday. Burn the belly. Burn the belly. Exactly. I know. Someday. Right. Yeah. So that, I mean, and it's especially for runners, you're not going to have the energy. You're going to like, you're not going to last. Your glycogen yeah. is going to be completely depleted after yeah. that, that fast. So yeah, I don't Gosh. recommend intermittent fasting. <laughs> okay. So shifting gears a little bit, uh, I want to talk about um, like, what should the average runner eat in a day? And I know it's going to be different for everybody. Everyone's body is different, but kind of in general, like what do runners eat? Do they eat different than differently than, you know, bodybuilders or differently than normal people, you know, who don't run. So, right. Yeah. So there are definitely differences. One similarity is that I recommend is eating what you like and not Mm -hmm. forcing yourself to eat foods that you don't like. Um, Of course, there's also wanting to have variety and balance. Um, But with, with that incorporating at each meal, each of the macronutrients. So if you don't know your carbs, your protein and your fats at each meal, um, and at each snack, including incorporating some form of like color and protein. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people like to know, like, what are the best foods? Yeah. And it's hard right. to give like some of the best foods because we want all all foods. I will say that with fruits, the purples, the blues and the reds. So like your berries, yeah. cherries, those are anti-inflammatory. Those are really just have a ton of nutrients that are super beneficial so i usually will eat those like on the daily so i always have okay. like frozen berry cherry it's like cherry berry mix that oh. i have in the freezer nice um, you make it into like a smoothie or you just eat it frozen? right so i'll eat it with a smoothie or a greek yogurt is another big food that i like to recommend just because it's high in protein low in um like processed sugars but um that's not really why it's ma- mainly because of the protein yeah um and then with the the vegetables, doing more of like your dark leafies, including all the colors though, um, grains, doing like your whole grains and then proteins, doing your lean. And then again, like we mentioned earlier with the 20, 15, 20% of whatever, yeah, whatever you want. You want. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So um, for like good carbs that you're going to eat, would it be better to eat like white rice, brown rice, quinoa, sweet potatoes? Like which of those would you say is probably better to eat? Yeah. So with those, it's again, kind of with the timing. So after a a run, if you like, like, if you like, if you, some people just love white bread or Mm -hmm. 
like refine. And so saving those for after a training mm-hmm. um, so your body can use them up. Um, but most often shooting for like the, the whole grains. So 50% of the time we want to have whole grains, 50% of the time it can be those refined. Um, but overall for like blood sugar control and keeping your energy up, those whole grains and fibrous grains are, are going to be more beneficial with, gotcha. with carbs. Okay. So let's talk then about, run, you know, fueling before a race uh, or even maybe the days leading up to a race. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, that was a big area where I struggled. I feel like I under fueled. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you said earlier that you sleep and a lot of those glycogen stores are depleted, but you realistically can't eat like a full meal before you run a marathon. So how mm-hmm. do you navigate that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's different ways, but the, I guess the main part with the glycogen would be you know, a lot of people hear about like the carb loading. A lot of times people yeah. think, oh, the night before, big thing of spaghetti. Yeah. While yeah. that can be beneficial, it can also be kind of detrimental to your GI. A lot yeah. of people will struggle with that in the morning and oh. maybe cramping or just, I got to go poo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like so, Scott, yeah. <laughs> right before the race. Yeah. We right. love the office. <laughs> oh, I do too. I oh, yay! Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so don't pull Michael Scott, but um, what, what I found and what studies have found is beneficial is like about basically taking it like a week before the race. Uh-huh. Um, and each day, I mean, there's different numbers and things that you can look at with grams, but I uh-huh. feel like that's kind of annoying. And yeah, um, but for numbers, people. But anyways, so each day leading up, basically increasing your carb intake, hmm. replacing like your fats with carbs. So like maybe it's four days before the race, instead of eating like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich mm-hmm. or peanut butter and jelly toast, you do just the, the bread and the jam oh. so, like, oh. where, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're swapping out like some of the proteins, um, not all of them, but like most right. of yeah. them. So like if on a normal day you're eating like 50% of your food is coming from carbs, mm-hmm. um, which is what a runner should do about 50%. Um, then about four days leading up, it might be more like 55, 60. Oh, wow. Um, I do recommend kind of practicing that before the race. So yeah. like maybe finding a week where you do that. Cause some people may have like GI issues where it really okay. just doesn't settle well when they're eating that many carbs. I know um, most people are going to know what GI issues are, but can you kind of oh. just briefly describe <laughs> GI? And yeah. What that sorry. Means? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I'm guilty of it too. Yeah. Gastrointestinal. So basically stomach issues having cramps or just stuff food still stuck in there giving you gas all that gotcha or having to run to the bathroom right right and that was a huge fear of mine too it was like what can i eat to not have to go to the bathroom while i'm running because like of course that would really hurt your time like if you had to run hit the porter john (laughs) plus they're not at every mile marker i mean they're pretty spread out they're not oh no oh they're like every few miles Find a bush. <laughs> yeah. So that's where I really recommend like practicing it before the actual week of the race. So maybe if you have a long run, um, like a month before the race, just kind of practicing that. Um, and speaking with a registered dietitian or like meeting one-on-one and kind of figuring out what those exact numbers might look like for you. If you're more of like a numbers person, mm-hmm. um, and then like practicing the morning of like what you would do because of course, like you need to find what works for you Yeah, because yeah. what works for one person might not work for another person. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then the night before you're saying don't eat a ton of carbs that you normally wouldn't eat, but maybe just a little bit more because you've kind of built up to it. Yeah. So you've kind of built up to it. So the couple days before it may be the same. So like if it, your race is a Saturday, maybe the Thursday night and Friday night might be about the same with, with your carb. 
Um, so for about three days leading up, you'd have just a little bit higher okay. carb intake. So, but so instead of like, so like if, if it is a spaghetti meal, like doing red sauce instead of white sauce, so it's mm, a little right. bit more carbs versus the fat. Yeah. Cause I've heard so many runners say, Oh, I eat pizza. I slammed down pizza the night before. And I'm just thinking that's probably not the right way to go. Yeah. For some reason it's funny. Cause I like, I think about a year, I don't know how long ago I posted something on my Instagram about carb loading. Yeah. So I actually do have a post somewhere on there that I could maybe repost. Um, but, but with that, I searched the hashtag carb loading or something and all of a sudden pizza came up. Yeah. <laughs> pizza, like you have all that fat on there. Like it's not yeah. as carb heavy as people think it is. So yeah. just realizing like, and looking at the different macros For sure. there. Is there a meal that you recommend? Like just a meal that you could think so of. So like or? pre-race? Pre- yeah, just... like the night before. So <laughs> it's funny because I have, I mean, I've done a different, a lot of different things, but mm-hmm. I think it was Denny's or something. Uh-huh. I did like the Lake Powell half marathon. So for that one, I like loaded up on pancakes the night before. Oh, and that, nice. Like that worked for me. Yeah. So, yeah. But just seeing like what works, really what works for you. Okay. Yes. It'll, it'll vary. But yeah, it was pan- pancakes. Um, I've done like rice and chicken uh-huh. where yeah. it's a little bit more like not as heavy, I guess. Yeah. But, gotcha. but doing the refined, I would do like the white rice before to kind of help it. To sure. quicker. So then you go to bed, you wake up in the morning. Um, should you eat anything on race day? Mm. Yes. 100%. Yes. <laughs> okay. Go, see, and I don't even know, I might've had a banana and that's it. So what do you eat then? Yeah. On race so day? it all depends on what's possible. So and what works for you again. But um, for what's what I recommend is if you are willing or can, or if the schedules allow waking up about three hours before okay. the race and oh. doing like a pretty, pretty good breakfast. So like I, like I've done either like a bagel and peanut butter, or like oatmeal and peanut butter, always including like some sort of protein or fat, just mm-hmm. to kind of make it sustain a little bit longer. So it's not oh, okay. going through you too fast. Interesting. Um, and just like a normal size, like not too much. Um, and then about an hour, 30 minutes before whatever you can tolerate doing yeah. more, more carbs. So I'll do like a banana Oh, like, okay. Or, okay. or like Gatorade or something like that. I sometimes yeah. I'll like to do Gatorade because you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. You're getting hydrated yeah. and giving yourself that carbs at the same time. So like a bagel when you wake up and then maybe like an hour or hour and a half before the race, a banana. Right. Yeah. Okay. 30 minutes to an hour, oh, depending on how yeah. well you tolerate it. Yeah. Okay. And do you, do you take noon tablets? You know what those are? Yeah, I do know what they are. Are those pretty good? Yeah. I can't remember if those have, do you know if they have calorie, like if they have sugar in them? I don't or if think it's just they do. The I think it's just the electrolytes. Yeah. So for race day, I usually, I mean, for half or full marathons, I would recommend doing something that does have sugar or carbs okay. in it. Mm-hmm. Um, unless if you're going to fuel with, with goo too. For yeah. me personally, I mean, it probably varies, but for me personally, I don't like, having so much putting in. So I mm-hmm. like to use like goos that are um, isotonic. So they're a little bit more like water to them. Oh, I mean, a little bit more watery. Well, yeah. Let's dive into that. Cause <laughs> I want to talk about during the race, um, what you take. So it's going to be different for a half to a full. Cause a half, you really don't need to take in a lot of fuel, right? So you do. I do. Not I do. as much, of course. Okay. Uh-huh. So every, after about an hour, your glycogen stores are most likely pretty depleted and that's okay. when you're going to want to start um, fueling. So a general rule of thumb is 30 to 60 grams per hour. So after that first hour, about 30 to 60 grams of carbs. 
Um, and so that may look like about, so for the general rule, again, taking your weight, dividing it by four, and that's about how many grams would be for you individually. So like women may be more on the lower end, men yeah. would be on the higher end for, for yeah, you. Yeah, so I'll need closer to 50. <laughs> wow. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so, but that doesn't have to be one big fat, like goo every hour. It could be every 30 minutes, right? could be taking like a goo every 30 minutes. Or yeah. And for, again, for, for digestion, it's usually better to kind of spread it out throughout. So like taking a little sip or a mm -hmm. little bite of a goo or whatever it is um, over, over time, over the course of that hour, oh, just wow. okay. whatever works best. Um, I mean, not over the course of the hour, but like over the course of maybe a mile or maybe right. a half right. mile. Right. So Rather you're not like, boom. Yeah. Cause that's okay. That's where I went wrong. <laughs> so see, I'm so glad I'm this learning is, this after the fact. This is gold. Everyone. Is gold, I'm seriously. just telling you, our minds are like, Paris and I are like glued. Like, what is pretty going to say next? So you said a word earlier, isotonic is what is, oh, yeah. can you explain that? I didn't quite yeah. understand that. Is that like so, a regular goo So pen? basically, so one brand that I use, some people don't like it. It's called science and sport SIS. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what I like about that one, I mean, I'm not like advocating for specific sure, brands, sure. but that's just what I've used. Um, how, so the isotonic, basically it's the same like concentration as like your blood. Oh. Um, I mean, it doesn't really mean that your, your body's going to use it in a certain way. But what I like about that one is just that it's a little bit more liquidy. So I don't feel like I have to chew or mm -hmm. feel like right. I have to like swallow re really hard. So I just like that it's a little bit more liquidy, but it's yeah. thicker than like just like a Gatorade. Yeah. I saw you post not too long ago about those little um, applesauce packets. Mm -hmm. And I, I took one of those on my run on Saturday and I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. So the only thing I would worry about is it's probably pretty fibrous, right? So, I mean, it has a little bit of fiber, yeah. but it's not, I mean, for me personally, it hasn't affected okay. me. Okay. I don't know. It, yeah. Would you take that during a race or more just training? So I actually have taken it during a race. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it works for me. Yeah. And, and I've, it's, cheaper than a lot of the like products that you'll buy and, yeah. and it works. Um, huh. if you want, if, if there's people out there that like doing more of that whole food route, applesauce is a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you're racing, so you've, you're taking in the gels, let's say, like you said, 30 to 60 grams per hour. Mm -hmm. That's pretty easy, I guess, for people to calculate. Um, that'd probably be like one to two goos, I would think, right? How much does a goo have? Do you know? It kind of depends on the, the brand. brand yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe one or two. Yeah. Okay. One or two per hour. Um, and then as far as hydrating is water alone. Okay. Or is it really important while you're actually racing to take in like Gatorade mm -hmm. or a noon or something like that? Yeah. So definitely you're going to need those electrolytes. It's, it can be pretty dangerous if you get into like no, no electrolytes. So yeah whether it's taking the cups that they that they give or um bring it along i'll usually do maybe like a water for the first one and then like the gatorade for the next one and oh, kind of okay. alternating, alternating just because oh, okay. i don't know for me i just don't like having all that sugar it's kind of yeah. like yeah some for some reason it just bothers me so like kind of alternating nice. um okay but we want to get again like about 20 it's around 16 20 ounces yeah i don't know the exact number with with water and then electrolytes are definitely wanting to be in the mix for the half marathon. It's not quite as you won't need quite as much with the electrolytes. And if okay. it's not as hot, like it's all, right. there's a lot of different factors for with sure. it. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Needed. When you get to a water station, do you walk and drink it or do you kind of run j slow jog to try to drink it? It's like this, <laughs> it's like this shuffle. I, I, I tried for the first 20 miles, like not stopping and it half the water ended up on the ground. So like, what do you do? So I personally will keep running. Um, 
if you are gonna walk like get over yeah <laughs> i don't know if you're one of those people that'll just like stop in the middle of everything and yeah like, Move over. I'm, over. <laughs> I'm not rude but yeah anyway yeah, yeah, like, yeah i yeah, usually yeah. will run i know that my first marathon i stopped towards the end just i was like i need a breath yeah 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 but okay yeah but I do, yeah. You end up with sticky arms from the Gatorade. Yeah. At least I do. It's all these specifics. Oh, yeah. It's a whole art. I mean, it's it, oh, a science. Art and a science. Um, so, Mo, do you have any more during race fueling questions? Uh, well, I feel like she covered a lot of it. Oh, yeah. Just just amazing, right? Amazing. I just want to go back. What would you recommend for a half marathon? Like, how many electrolytes would you use on average? Should I be, like... Yeah. So I don't know like the specific numbers. Um, Mm -hmm. but I mean, during it, you're going to want to take in electrolytes, whether that's through a Gatorade, like if you're taking something like noon, like it doesn't have any carbs. So just making sure you're still fueling along with that. Right. Um, but yeah, you'll definitely want to have electrolytes as well. I don't know the numbers. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, 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 no. But that's good to know. Yeah. I will. I've heard, and I could be wrong, but I've heard that, um, the 13 miles that you run on a, on a half, you, you technically kind of could without really fueling and your body would be fine. Cause it's mm-hmm. got the stores for it, but what? really, is that past, true? Well, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. Is that true? This, is, this is why this is marathon training for beginners. You guys, <laughs> is that true? Or yeah. No? Is that true? So yeah, your body could handle it. Definitely at the end, you're going to feel so yeah. tired at the end and it'll probably affect you for like a week or two. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I actually sort of did that on one mar- half marathon that I did before I knew about nutrition. And by the end, like I felt so nauseous and just sick oh. and yeah, it was, it, yeah. yeah, you just don't, it's just not good on your body. It's not yeah. good. No. Yeah. Okay. So we've covered pre pre race during race. And now I want to talk about the, finish, hit the line. finish line. I know they <laughs> hand out chocolate milk and Gatorade and all the good stuff and you go get your massage, but Oh, what? Those, those are the two things that I am looking forward to the most. Honestly, I don't even care. side note, I'm going to go on a tangent here. What does it cost to get a massage? This is my argument for paying uh, for a race. It depends on where you go. But on average... <laughs> say 100 bucks, right? Yeah, I okay. would say with tips. So your entry race fee is 100 bucks. You get a massage after the race. You just paid for the whole race. That's true. That's, That's true, right? Literally. All right. Anyways, sidetrack. Okay, so why are they handing out chocolate milk? What's in it? Like what's what's so special about chocolate milk? Yeah, so chocolate milk is actually an awesome fuel because it has a pretty good ratio of your carbs to protein. Mm. After like a normal workout, we want like a ratio of like three to one, so three carbs to like one protein oh. of grams. Mm. Okay, um, so it's really good um, with with just the ratio there. Yeah. So okay. yeah, nice. <laughs> as far as like optimal recovery, obviously it's going to take time. Whether you just ran a half or a full marathon. Um, but is there anything like any special magical foods you could eat that would help you recover faster? This after the race or after training or yeah. After the race specifically. Yeah. So again, just including all, all of your macros, so your carbs, fats, and protein, especially carbs, carbs will be one of the main big things. Mm-hmm. Protein's a little bit more important like throughout the day. So mm-hmm. not like just loading up in one meal and then just like not eating the rest. I feel okay. like that happens a lot. Cause we're just like, just wanting to get everything in. Um, sometimes people maybe feel nauseous after race, so not wanting to eat, but still definitely want to include, yeah. um, the carbs and protein wow. more than you normally would. Okay. But no like magic foods, anything that's worked for you. 
I wouldn't give a magic food. I mean, I'm trying to <laughs> think of what I'd be in. based, Harrison. I know. I usually <laughs> eat everything free that they hand me after the race. There you go. And then I go get a meal. Like. Get I did see you post at one point about drinking like a Pepsi or a Coke. Oh. After, is like for recovery. And I, I was like, sweet. Because I had one sitting in my fridge and I wanted to drink it. I want to get rid of it. And so uh -huh. I drink it after a long run, but is, yeah. is there something to that as well? Yeah. So I wouldn't recommend it after like your more easy runs, but yeah, definitely for like a long, a long run. If you're going for like more than like an hour and a half, it's yeah. got that sugar, that quick, quick sugar that your body's going to use for energy mm. and help to store, restore those, that glucose or glycogen storage that you have gotcha. in your body to help you for the next day. And Awesome. So yeah, I love Coke. So. <laughs> Same. Yeah. The Mexican ones oh. are my group tonight. They're so good. Especially with some Mexican food. So okay. moral of the story, run a marathon, then eat a bunch of nachos and drink a Mexican Coke. <laughs> right? Pretty you much. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you need to be so hundred percent obsessive that you're like eating the perfect meal after right. yeah. a marathon. Like eat what you want. Yeah. Like I'd be in like just a big burrito from I don't remember where it was from. It was like breakfast burrito was the last last marathon that I and it tasted so good. Yeah, so, there you there go. You go. <laughs> there you go. Well, Brittany, we really appreciate your time. Uh, and we know that a lot of listeners are going to get a lot of value out of what you've shared. If, if people want to find your Instagram, cause I find tons of helpful tips there uh, and, and pictures and everything, where can they find you? Yeah. So it's at dietitian underscore Brit. So Brit with one T. Okay. Um, you can find me there and I'll share, I share, a lot of different, there's a lot of variety that I share on there. So for basically anybody that, that wants to, to follow along. Um, and then my company, well, not my company, but yeah, the company yeah. that I work for, the private practice, it's at Anderson Nutrition 55. So that's more of general um, nutrition as well. And I also have a link to my website or our website on there on my Instagram. So if people do want to schedule like one-on-one, -on -one, we can work out, work that out. We also bonus are covered by insurance, most oh, wow. insurance. So that's also a bonus for a yeah. lot of people. We'll have um, to go in. Is, yeah. <laughs> okay. For sure. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Thank you. This was Brittany. awesome. We really appreciate it. Thank you. One in a million. <laughs> I I feel so honored. The knowledge that's on me right now. <laughs> yeah, and so we'll stay in touch, and yes. uh, we'll see you at the marathon in in Mesa. Yeah. See you in February. <laughs> All right. See you there. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this friendly journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K. -K.